hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s. It's Cofield and Company. Thursday, Silver 7s. We go out to the Midwest. Our legal analyst, cultural expert, uh, Xavier Pope, is with us. We have a week of buffoonery to get into. I love it. We have so many great topics to hit with Xavier. Let's start with Sports Angle in Chicago. What is going on with the mayor? Lori Lightfoot still playing hardball with the Bears as they look like they're on the verge of signing something with Arlington Heights. $197 million. That's a lot of money to kind of shell out for a place that you're not going to wind up playing in, Steve. I'm interested to what the Covenants say in that particular contract that the Bears signed. Uh, because at a place like Arlington Heights, no one hang, no one lives in Arlington Heights. They had a racetrack that was there that went belly up. For the Bears to go purchase out there, I think it's just another it's leverage to use against the team, to give them a sweetheart deal, to give them some land in the city that won't be fought by the park district that allows the Bears to stay here. Lori Lightfoot thinks that she's going to play hardball with them, like she's being the mean that she has been over the pandemic. But listen, if she... If the Bears ever left under her watch, she would not be reelected. Reelected, <laughs> she'd be one of the most. She would be one of the worst mayors in the city of Chicago that would be seen by the city of Chicago. She's always unpopular in different different parts, right. but that would be completely egregious. How far is Arlington Heights from you know Chicago proper? Uh, and I, what's the name of the park that the uh, that Soldier Field is in? It's in Grant Park. Yeah, yeah. That place has been there for, you know, over 100. You're looking at Arlington Heights. That's, you know, you add on traffic. You're going to it's going to take you 45 minutes to an hour, maybe longer park. It's going to take you two hours to do everything you need to do to even go to a game. It doesn't make any sense. We, we're one of the few cities in the, in the country that have all our, our professional sports teams right here in the center of the city yeah. where, you know, Cubs and White Sox on both sides of the city that are in the city. When you go there, it's part of the city experience. We don't expect for our teams to be outside of the city. It's just it's just a non-Chicago thing, and it would be an absolutely egregious mistake for the mayor to let the Bears leave the city of Chicago. You're not you're not the Chicago Bears. This is that's one of the most Chicago things about the Chicago is Bears. And you don't think in any way I uh, use the word buffoonery, the buffoonery of Bears management, and you know the way Justin Fields is being handled. You don't think any of that has. Some people out there who are like, yeah, you know, we're kind of anti-Bears. Maybe a message does need to be sent. Maybe someone does need to stand their ground. Some of the most vocal fans that are screaming at teams to be better are some of the most loyal fans. <laughs> yeah. You know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've lived in two places, uh, Philadelphia and Chicago, where the fans may hate you, but they love the team. And that's the, the hate is wanting them to get better. Yeah, the other bear has been mediocre. They're still living off the Super Bowl glory. But guess what? They're, one, they're over $3 billion, billion worth, one of the most valuable franchises in professional sports. Leaving the city would impact that team's value. I just think it's not a smart idea to do that for the, for the Chicago Bears. The Bears are just potentially might be using this for leverage because they want to be like now some of the newer teams owning their own stadiums converting that to be able to be used for a final four or a super bowl other different other events and make more money off of it which is reasonable because right now the chicago bears are playing the smallest stadium in the league and they can't really do much with it outside of that other than host football games i know it sounds weird that i keep taking up for Lori lightfoot but i got one other thing that i think is really interesting and i haven't heard anyone mention this if she really wanted to go like true gangsta i'm gonna use that word a couple times today if she really wanted to get this fight going 
What if she reached out to the owners of the Buffalo Bills and she's like, you know what? You're looking for a new place to come? Come to Chicago. Wouldn't that be <laughs> amazing? Because Buffalo right now, you know, the uh, Pagoulas are fighting with Buffalo and Erie County to get money for a new stadium. I think that would be fascinating. Now, I don't know if Chicago would support the Bills. I, I know this. The Bills would get there. And guess what, Xavier? They're going to be good for like the next eight or ten years because of Josh Allen. That would be fascinating. First and foremost, Steve, the team, other owners would have to vote for the Buffalo Bills yes, to yes. move to Chicago. That just wouldn't happen. <laughs> I mean, go to a completely different league. And that's that is that's, uh, that 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 that's foodery right there, Steve. <laughs> Name calling, name calling. All right. Uh, well, let's continue with the buffoonery angle. You know, I appreciate the fact that uh, Brandon Marshall and uh, Chad Ochocinco and Des Bryant are sitting down trying to have real conversations. Uh, I'm gonna have Ari play this Des comment on Colin Kaepernick. I don't know what is going on here. Like, I respect Colin Kaepernick, but there's one thing that I don't respect, and I said it when I get the opportunity and to get on the stage to say it. I would say it. But brother, you had the biggest opportunity in the world to create jobs, build jobs, give jobs to people. The people that you was talking about, the people that, that you so-called standing up for, the people who stood beside you, the people who lost their jobs because of you. Where you at? I ain't heard from you. What is Des Bryant talking about? He's talking about nothing. They, 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 Des Bryant, I guess he wants to be a grifter now. Um, and, it's, it, and here's the thing. If Des Bryant had said something smart about Colin, Colin Kaepernick, would we even care what he had said? We are living in an era where we are amplifying the voices of idiots, people who don't have really reliable information or data to say what they're going to say, but it's loud and it, makes it, it triggers us and we talk about it. So here we are talking about Des Bryant, who, who he himself is out of the league for being an idiot and, and being a cancer to teams. And he talks about Colin Kaepernick and jobs. What about some of the different things and money that Colin Kaepernick has donated, programs he started, jobs that he's given to people with his publishing company? It's just a ridiculous take from someone who was completely uninformed. And he wasn't. And you have the situation where he's sitting there with, with Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, if you know the man is wrong, correct him. Don't let him sit there and rift on and sound like a complete idiot. <laughs> Well, you know, in these cases, I'm all for people speaking their minds and, you know, no, uh, no ethnicity, no race, no religion, uh, you know, has this like homogenous opinion on things. But I do believe there are cases where uh, divide and conquer really works. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but in some ways, who's worse, Des Bryant or Ted Cruz? Did you see Ted Cruz with his oh I stand with Kyrie Irving? I stand with Wiggins, Beal, Jonathan Isaac. Bruh, come on. I mean, I hope people, I hope that people mentioned in this realize what is happening to them in terms of being used as pawns. You know, racist grifters and politicians like Ted Cruz, who left his own state to go to Cancun and left him to freeze, he needs to stand with his own state. And that was something that Kendrick Perkins tweeted at him. <laughs> he said his, his house had, had been fixed from the ice storm that right. happened out there. You, people like them will use black faces to be able to push their agendas when Ted Cruz wouldn't vote for the, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. When when in his state of Texas, they've passed, you know, uh, a, a law to restrict women's rights to, to their bodies. And, and, and also when it comes to African-Americans in terms of restricting voting, um, 
come on. I mean, this guy doesn't stand for you, doesn't stand with you, doesn't doesn't stand for anything but his own self and using you as a pawn. And players need to be cognizant of the things that they say and how it be used. Particularly, we have a really segment of the ignorant black population that we don't like to talk about this in black communities because we don't because it's a lot of times it's exposed and being used to be able to cover the, the, the whole entire group of African-Americans. But there is a certain group that's really ignorant, anti-vax, uh, anti-whatever. And they have a situation where they are their voices are now being amplified, too. And it's a lane for them, too, in, the, in this country. And I think it's ridiculous. And I think that those folks need to be shut down at all opportunities. Xavier Pope, at Xavier Pope up on Twitter. He's on Cofield and Company live here on a Thursday. Silver Sevens is where we're hanging, getting ready for Thursday Night Football and also uh, WNBA action in town with the Aces and Mercury. All right, well, let's talk about the Vax issue in the NBA. Uh, first of all, I mean, spell it out for people. Uh, you've got guys in certain cities who are unvaxxed, and in those cities, large gatherings, unvaxxed are not allowed into the large gatherings. So we're on the precipice of seeing dudes like Andrew Wiggins, uh, potentially Bradley Beal, uh, first and foremost, Kyrie Irving, because of where they play. Actually, missing games and not getting paid for those games. That's legal? The indoor requirements that are in, in San Francisco and New York City. Uh, and I talked about this on the latest episode of Toot Up News, Steve. We may not, we may see athletes that are at the margins in some of these places. Uh, you know, we, there was a report that came out of Pro Football Talk about agents being offered to do fake vaccination cards for players. <laughs> I could see a fake vaccination scandal, you know, maybe coming out. Remember, teams only it's responsibility their responsibility only to investigate fakes. So they could potentially harm themselves competitively and also criminally implicate them their players and also civilly expose themselves by getting involved with a player with a fake vaccination card. It, it the temptation there is so great. We already saw a Dallas Cowboys player, Leo Collins, bribe a drug tester <laughs> official that was hired by the league. So the temptation is large for player to for or say you're an athlete, you're anti-vax, you don't want to get on a record of saying all these different things, but you want to continue to make money and play. I mean, the temptation is just great, really too great, Steve. Well, I'll tell you who's been great on this, and she's now got her on talk show on the weekends with Fox Sports Radio, uh, is Joy Taylor. Uh, Ari, fire this one is uh, Joy spits the truth here and really hammers some dudes and really gets into a guy like Kyrie Irving. It doesn't matter if you want to keep it private or not. It's very simple. You either are vaccinated or you're not. And the league and will tell you. And if you are not vaccinated, you won't be allowed in certain buildings. So it doesn't matter about privacy. We'll know because you're not going to be in the building. You won't be able to play in New York. You won't be able to play in Toronto. And you won't be able to play in the Bay. She's right. I mean, eventually, if you if you can't play in some of those places, you now put yourself in a position where your team is not going to win. Eventually, something's got, something's got to give. You're not going to be Kyrie Irving and playing every third game. You're not going to be Andrew Wiggins and playing every third game. You're not going to be in Toronto playing every third game. Uh, and so, especially when we see the WNBA, we said you talked about the Aces and the Mercury playing tonight in, in Las Vegas. 99% of their players got vaccinated without a mandate. Come on. Women are leading the charge in this. Come on, man. Step it up. Well, let's talk to another or talk about another issue in the NBA, and that is uh, Ben Simmons and the Sixers. And as I predicted, the Sixers are not just going to roll over, move on Ben Simmons because his value right now is as low as it's been ever. Uh, so they're, I don't think they're going to trade him. So I don't know what Simmons is going to do. But there was a real interesting conversation on a podcast with Shannon Sharp and Mark Jackson. And Ari, play this one with Mark Jackson. I feel like Jackson is on to something, but I, I think you're going to fight me on this one. And sometimes you need a good hype man. 
sometimes you need a guy in your ear encouraging you. That could be the coach at times. Right. But sometimes I'd show the video. Okay, who, who is encouraging this guy? Who's going up to the foul line and, and speaking a word to inspire him? Yeah, you you know, who's doing that? Instead, everybody's looking around and nervous and, and staying away from him. Right. We need to start building each other up individually and collectively. That's what a team is all about. Right. I've never said this. Mark Jackson is right. Steve, once again, this is this is this the idiot segment for you, Steve? Because this is what you're sounding like today. <laughs> ben Simmons supposed to, has made three All Star teams. He was a Rookie of the Year. He's supposed to be a leader of a team in a major market. You are the guy that's supposed to be going to other players and giving them encouragement. You're the one that's supposed to be talking to the coach. You're supposed to be the leader of the team. If you're not that guy then you need to go someplace else and be a role player. I get a little anti-fan when fans act like buffoons like the Mets and the Sixers and Shannon and Mark Jackson just talked about how crazy it gets in Philly. And we know how Philadelphia fans Oh, are. man, here's Ben Simmons leaving, and there was a trash can <laughs> floating down and yeah. doing the flood. Yeah. I'm like, come on, yeah. man, see the high he's yeah. supposed to come back yeah. and like feel comfortable right. in the city when y'all call the man a trash can, he's floating down the river. Exactly. He's floating down the river. That's not the way to treat your premium athletes. Come on, Xavier. Listen, listen, Steve. I've lived in Philly. I was at a Phillies game, and they they booed a nine-year-old kid who wouldn't catch the foul ball. They said, catch the ball, kid. This is Ben Simmons, a supposed star of the team. How is it everyone's fault but Ben Simmons? You're looking over there, uh, over at Joel Embiid. And you, you can't he, – his, he has to change the style of play with him. Uh, you have issues with something that the coach said. You have issues with the city. You have issues with the, the fans. Everybody's the issue, Ben Simmons, but you not being able to take a shot in the, in the waning seconds of a playoff game, it's you, Ben Simmons. When everybody's the problem, you're the problem. Xavier Pope is with us. We just talked about trash cans with uh, them floating uh, down the river as if, uh, you know, that's Ben Simmons – I tell you, Florida people are a special breed, and uh, I lived in Florida for a little while. My family lived there for a little while, and uh, I remember my mother always saying, hey, th- this is the outlaw state. And I was like back in the 80s, she would tell me, teaching me lessons when I was like 9 and 10 years old. I saw a video the other day of a guy using a trash can to trap an alligator. This was absurd, but yet one of the bravest things I've ever seen in my life. This guy made the trash can like an animal about to eat the alligator. And so the alligator believes that the trash can is a giant, big mouthed animal that he actually stuns the, the alligator about the, the lid dropping on the alligator's head. Then the alligator's like, oh, what's going on? And then he eats the alligator with the trash can and then gobbles it up by standing it up. <laughs> That was one of the bravest things I've ever seen and one of the most badass things I've ever seen. Congratulations, man who turns trash can into a robotic giant super alligator. Yeah, no no, no thanks. No alligators in the desert. I'm staying here. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> no alligators in Chicago either, bro. <laughs> thanks, Xavier. Have a good weekend. You too, man. Xavier Pope on Cofield and Company. Today, a spot is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You may not need an attorney today or even tomorrow, but when the situation comes up, that's the time you need someone that you can trust. We trust Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman at Paddleborn Injury Lawyers. The guys have been part of the Cofield and Company crew for nine plus years. We lean on these guys for all of our important legal issues. Paddleborn Injury Lawyers cares about getting you the best compensation for your injuries. If you're having trouble with your current attorney, you're not seeing the case move forward. 
Call Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 570-9000. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, you hit me so hard down there. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Four o'clock hour is here. Xavier Pope, thanks to our buddy in Chicago for kicking things off. Corona Cantina, Silver Sevens is where we are stationed. 77 cent beers, Bud, Bud Light, Make Ultra throughout the NFL game tonight. It's the Jaguars. It's Cincinnati. There's betting interest, Candy. There's fantasy interest. You have any fantasy players in the draft tonight or in the uh, game tonight? I do have multiple fantasy players. I have really? uh, Joe Mixon from Cincinnati. I have Marvin Jones Jr. from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I am ready for this cat power matchup. <laughs> cat power. Very very nice. Yes, I have Mixon, so let's get a big game out of Joe Mixon. You can bet the Jaguars on the money line at William Hill Racing Sportsbook here at Silver Sevens, plus 285. The total is 46, and we'll give out some of the numbers in terms of the prop bets, what do you think, Candy? Over under 251 and a half yards for Trevor Lawrence. I'd avoid it, but if I played it, I would play it under largely because we have not seen any creativity when it comes to the play calling to help out Trevor Lawrence in terms of being able to complete more passes to his own team. Have you had enough of the Brady-Belichick hype yet? I have not. I got to tell you, I don't think I've heard nearly as much as I expected to this week. Oh, wow. I thought it was going to be insufferable. Is that even possible with these two guys? Well, I mean, either one of them could talk for 15 seconds and it could be insufferable. But what I'm saying (laughs) is I thought we were going to get way more hype from way more corners. And I know we still have a few days left uh, to get there, but... I thought I was going to be done with it by this point, and I'm just sort of getting into it now. Um, Tommy, uh, Tommy doesn't sound too good, Cofield. Is that right? Seriously, something doesn't sound right with the with old Tommy. Um, I don't know if he didn't get his avocado ice cream. Um, I, I don't know if he ate some bread by mistake, but something doesn't sound right with him. You reached the hoarseness in your voice, dude, yelling over the piped in voice. Yeah, that was loud today, so I don't know, I've had a few of these days. I don't know what the deal is, so i got to try to figure this out. I said my throat's more tired than my arm. Imagine that. We went through this during the summer. Uh, same thing, I know. It came back. I know. Very strange. Something must be a little up. I know. And I can't explain it. Uh-oh. What, so, look, like I said, the avocado ice cream, maybe ate some Cofield. Wait a second. Cofield. Oh my God. Do do you think Belichick is truly that evil? Do you do you think maybe he slipped something to Tommy this week? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my God. He is truly the most evil man on earth. He made he made Tom Brady, who is six years from his AARP card, sick before the game. Dastardly. That Bill Belichick knows no bounds. You got a lot of jokes today. You got a lot of jokes. Do I? 
More than usual? Yeah. Ari's been cracking up. Oh, well. I mean, listen, I... I know I have an audience of one, really, when it comes down to it. Um, you know, if, I could, <laughs> if I can make Ari laugh, then I assume nobody else out there is entertained. AARP card. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did, did I forget that someone in here is eligible for his? I'm, huh. not, he, he ain't eligible. He got it. So. Oh, you're not. Oh, come on. Steve Cofield is not missing out on a discount anywhere on this right. earth. Anywhere. I don't care if it's 10% off those 29 pounds of meat. You're yep. getting your discount. <laughs> uh, yeah, the last trip I took, I absolutely cashed in 10% off on the hotel. Why wouldn't you? Why not? Father Time is undefeated. You should get something back for it. Now I'm freaking out. I'm looking for my card. I'm like, where the hell is it? Oh, trust me. They'll find a way to send you another. It's, it's, uh, they it's, they oh, start believe- sending you cards when you're like 45, so yeah. I'm not that far off either. Oh, believe me, uh, anyone out there who has actually signed up for it, they send you stuff all the time. It's actually all your stuff is digital. Believe it or not, I don't maybe maybe because I'm under 60, but it's quite the bagging. It's quite the bagging. You get a lot of good stuff. Football frenzy. Candy texted me yesterday. The funny thing was, he texted me something yesterday. We send uh, each other notes and and uh, and topics. And Candy does forget that I do have an ARP card. Um, you were dying yesterday to be on to talk about your boy Joe Judge. Now no, what? I, I didn't want to be on yesterday. You can handle the show by yourself for once. But um, I think that uh, it's only right that if my boy Joseph J is out there given us the calculator speech, I get to talk about it. Because I'm the one who has to suffer through watching Joe Judge coach a football team every week. And so he was asked about analytics. He was asked in particular about the Giants' lack of aggression on fourth down. And the fact that the numbers, as we know, we've seen more and more coaches going for it on fourth down, suggests that in most situations you are adding to your probability of winning the game by anywhere between 2 and 4 or 5%. By going for it, in most fourth down situations. But Joe Judge doesn't want to hear about it, does he? He he says that if you could win football games on Excel sheets, that, that Bill Gates would be doing it. Oh, and you thought I was the one who had jokes, huh? Joey Judge wants to talk about how Bill Gates isn't winning football games. Well, you know who else isn't winning football games? You, Judge. You're not winning football games either. Your team is 0-3, and you are one of the two least aggressive coaches by the numbers in the entire NFL in going for it on fourth down this year. The Giants have had 20 situations where they could go for it on fourth down, and Judge is in the bottom two. Give your team a better chance to win. Just try, because what you're doing isn't working. It's not even close to working. And I'm not surprised that he gets to say these sorts of things and have no repercussions because if you remember, it was Dave Gettleman making fun of computer nerds when he got the job talking about analytics. His general manager doesn't believe in it either. Well, you know what? We said it the other day. The Giants have not had a winning record at any point in the last five years. Any points. So try a calculator. Try going forward on fourth down. What on earth do you have to lose? This organization does have quite a history of winning, but also they have gaps in their history where some of the coaches they've hired, my God. I mean, I'll, I'll count Gettleman as well as oh. a GM, but between freaking Shermer and McAdoo, and I was mentioning last week, 
Ray Hanley and now Joe Judge. And um, and the problem is, and I, I know it becomes a broken record for the people listening here in Vegas, like I'm not pointing out something that is special about the Northeast Corridor and the media, but guys like Joe Judge, because they don't know how to deal with this, they get eaten alive and they just provide, not even realizing how dopey they sound, they provide such good material to get shredded. And this, Judge, is, this is a classic. He's younger than both of us, Cofield, and he has. Oh, I didn't grown know that. Is, is that right? Yes, he's oh, grown up his entire football career inside the Belichick bubble, where you can get around getting questioned, right? Yeah. Where you don't have to worry about getting questioned when you're Belichick because you've earned that right. Joe Judge has earned nothing as the special teams coach for New England, coming over to New York. He was also questioned this week about running his players so hard in practice about whether that wears them down before the games. He's, he said, well, that, that's proven. That's tested. That's not my theory. Proven by whom? <laughs> not by you. <laughs> not by the Giants. That's a proven winning formula. Okay, How is well, it possible? What's going it, on there? It's hard to be the laughingstock of the NFC East, which is its own laughingstock in the first place. Taylor Heineke's a quarterback in this division. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles went down to Dallas, and the most exciting thing about the game was Eli Manning flipping a double bird on the Manning cast. And yet the Giants are the worst team in the division because of guys like Joe Judge. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher, and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack, brought to you by Nova Home Loans. And there's wine already for tasting, and there's Cadillacs all shiny and new. No one can do it like we do it. Candy is the outlier, is a thin guy, but uh, no one talks food better than a bunch of fatties. I guess Ari's not fat. Uh, fat Pack, Fat Pack. And Candy used to be chunky, so he's got a lot of eating experience. I still have the fat spirit living within me alive and well, sir. I like that. Can we have that as a drop at some point? I still have the fat spirit living within me. It never goes away, does it? It never goes away. Um, Alyssa Lang could be a rising star. In the podcast and the sports talk, uh, talk world. We've had her on here before. She's an ESPN sideline reporter. And Ari, what was she talking about here? Snacking? Some snacks? She was talking about snacks and uh, how she would allow the ref, because the ref uh, ate Skittles in the middle of the game. Oh, really? And they were talking about blood sugar, so they got onto a conversation about uh, what your, what did she say your, uh, your ride-or-die snacks are, the top five snacks. Speaking of our A-list, snacks you would risk it all for, not regular Skittles. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, okay, so we went five to one, and snacks is a little loose of a term. Yeah, this is your pick, I think, for this list, because I thought we were kind of going snacks and then food, and so the first thing that popped into my head was prime rib, which should surprise me. Snacks on prime rib. (laughs) Let me just pull my prime rib out of my uh, pocket. I think they're going to shred her. But honestly, since you know that I love 21 pounds of meat or 29 pounds of meat, um, I'm very much 
in a very, very light effort to drop a little bit of poundage. I've been trying to, to do the keto and go meat heavy. I've got so much G-damn meat around the house. I got the slicer. So Alyssa Lang saying prime rib for a snack sounds ridiculous. Like, I, I don't have an issue if she's like, yeah, I've got prime rib cubes in Tupperware and I'm just snacking at night with my prime rib. No one should get on her about this. What's wrong with a little meat snack every now and then? Maybe that's the best way oh. to enjoy prime rib. Maybe you don't want to go eat 50 or 55 consecutive bites of bleeding pink cow with that giant well of juice on your plate. Maybe you just want a little snack every that now and then. You want to pop a little prime rib, get the taste in your mouth, and let that be that. This is part of how I keep the fat spirit nourished and alive within me, Cofield. I don't eat the whole tube of cookies. I eat one or two. I get the taste in my mouth. Ah, I remember what it was like. And then I move on because fat spirit. But, you know, I, I got a reputation to, to uphold of being, you know, blown away by a stiff breeze. Now, when I mentioned cubes of prime rib in the fridge, I didn't mention that I do actually have the giant well of juice. And I just drink it. Oh, It's just cube, shot, cube, shot. But see, I love the uh, the tapas style that you've created here, at Cofield. Yeah, the tapas style. This really feels like something that you could uh, you could pitch to one of those famous tapas restaurants that I'm not going to give a free plug to uh, in Las Vegas or on the Strip. Like you could pitch that idea of like instead of having to buy the whole prime rib, they could serve like five little cubes of prime rib and five little shot glasses of meat juice, and you could just blah, 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 real quick. Watch the game at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s and grab your 77-cent Bud Light bottles. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Brad Powers. Looking at college football week five in just a couple seconds with Brad Powers. Brad, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right. All right, I know they're not glamour teams, but there is a spread. There's a total. There's props. What do you got? We got an angle on Jackson Cincy. Uh, nothing earth shattering, but I did tease Cincinnati down to one and a half. I I'm Ooh. not at the point where I trust the Bengals uh, to lay more than a touchdown. I mean, they haven't been this big of a favorite in several years. Um, but I'm not lining up to wanting to bet Jacksonville on a short week traveling and a team that hasn't showed me hardly anything on either side of the ball so far this season. So I tee Cincinnati down, and I, I think, you know, some options to go along with it, Seattle, Minnesota, Atlanta. My Lord. Last time the Bengals were confidently put in a teaser, what, Kenny Anderson, the quarterback? <laughs> right? It's been a while. Uh, no, nah, Boomer. I mean, they're okay and with Carson Boomer. Palmer. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and Andy Dalton's yeah. team's won games. Just don't bet them. You know, yeah. Obviously, they weren't laying seven and a half or seven in the playoffs. So, come on, man. Don't let, don't let freaking facts get in the way of a cheesy joke, Candy. What are you doing? <laughs> so sorry, boss. It's my top-notch material. I'm trying to match your, uh, your wit and wisdom today. All right, Brad, let's get into the college football slate. So, I'm hearing so much about Ole Miss. Are they that dangerous that they're really going to give – Alabama trouble, and if so, it's 14-and-a-half. The number actually opened to 20, which is crazy. So what do we see in this game? You know, I'm a believer. Uh, I mean, I'm part of that early Ole Miss money. I thought that number was 
uh, obviously a little and more, <laughs> but definitely higher than what I expected. I expected that number to be less than 17. I think it's about right at this point, but I'd still lean with Ole Miss. Reason being is, you know, I just don't. I'm not as confident uh, with Alabama as I was a year ago. Uh, I I thought a year ago they were one of the best teams I've ever seen in college football history. The Florida game, especially the last three quarters, have shaken my confidence a little bit. And then Ole Miss to me is better than last year's Ole Miss team that gave Alabama all they could handle a year ago. So because of that, I think there's some slight value uh, on the Rebels. Guess we find out for real this week, Brad, about Arkansas and where they stand uh, as they take on Georgia. Georgia, lane 18 now, uh, 48 and a half. It's been a pretty nice little run to start the year, but I mean, Georgia's as legit, especially on defense, as any team in the country. Yeah, it's a tough spot for the Razorbacks. Uh, but I mean, statistically speaking, it's not like they've been, you know, fool's gold. I mean, they're number five in the country in yards per play margin, number five in the country yards per game margin. I mean, they played Texas and Texas A&M. They haven't played a bunch of tomato cans. So, I mean, statistically speaking, I mean, they deserve a lot of praise. The problem is Georgia's number one in the country in yards per play margin. Uh, and with it being a good spot, I think, for Georgia uh, to at least have a lot of success. But, but then again, it's pricing the number. I mean, 18 is incredibly high for an Arkansas team that's all they've done is win and cover, uh, especially cover point spreads under Sam Pittman, their head coach. They're 4-0 this year, covering by almost two touchdowns a game. I'd actually lean under with a very slight lean on the Razorbacks. Michigan and Wisconsin in Madtown. Uh, open some places. Pick one and a half, two now in favor of Wisconsin. Uh, 43 and a half. Is this more about the idea of Wisconsin – bouncing back, maybe not being as bad as what people uh, saw at the end of that game against Notre Dame, or do you think people are just not buying Michigan um, at this point? Well, it's a little bit of both, in my opinion. I mean, Wisconsin's had three misleading finals. I mean, last week, you know, when it's 13-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter, and you lose 41-13, to 13, I mean, that's as big of a misleading final as you get in college football this entire season. Uh, I mean, turnovers are, are, are mainly random. But, you know, you do have Graham Mertz consistently, even going back to last year, throwing nothing but interceptions. That scares me a little bit. I do think Wisconsin's the sharp side. And on the other side of things, I think Rutgers figured out for a lot of teams moving forward how you're going to defend Michigan. You put as many guys in the box as possible to stop their run game. And without Ronnie Bell, the wide receiver on the outside, you try to make McNamara and Michigan try to beat you. And I'm not sure Michigan can do that against Wisconsin. So I do lean the Badgers. Brad Powers joining us talking college football here on Cofield and Company. Speaking of Rutgers, uh, it seems like the uh, the move, at least in a slight way, uh, has been to the Scarlet Knights with Ohio State coming in, uh, sitting 15 most places right now. Uh, what are your feelings on Ohio State and what we've seen out of them thus far this year? Well, I mean, I've downgraded them, obviously. I don't know how you couldn't after, you know, especially the, the, the first three games of the season. I mean, the, the, they had weaknesses in all three. Uh, I've downgraded I mean, not as much as, say, like a, a Clemson, uh, who was sitting in my top five at the start of the season. But, you know, I mean, who knows what, how the quarterback situation is going to, you know, play out for them. I mean, it's not going to matter in this game. They're going to win. But, you know, can they cover two touchdowns? I mean, I'm not sure who's going to start for them at quarterback. And the defense, to me. And even going back to last year has, you know, been a disappointment uh, for 15-plus for games now. And Rutgers, 
you know, hung with the, the, the Buckeyes and the Horseshoe last year, and I think they'll hang under this number here. I mean, Cofield knows this. I mean, where is the bad performance? I'm still to find a bad performance for Rutgers since Shiano took over. They're 4-0 against the spread. Average cover this year by nearly 17 points per game. I mean, why not continue to play them? What say you, Steve Cofield? They're not my Scarlet Knights. Uh, the Illinois game last year sucked. They weren't blown off the field, but they got destroyed by Isaiah Williams, a running quarterback. So, But uh, their performance has been mostly even. I just worry about them keeping up with the Joneses here. That's the only problem. So, um, and it might be, it, I don't know. It sounds weird. It might be a little bit of a letdown spot, even though it's at home. So we'll see. Keep firing, Candy. Keep firing. we got a lot of games to get to. We do. we got a lot of games to get to. Uh, talking about uh, Wisconsin in that fourth quarter against Notre Dame, now the fight in Irish. Uh, taking on the Bearcats of Cincinnati. Cincy, a two-point favorite in some spots, one and a half in others. It seems like it's been a, a reasonable uh, two-way game. The total's moved up to 50 and a half. Yeah, I wanted to bet Cincinnati uh, in, in this spot, but, I mean, I bet numbers, not teams. And, you know, I was a little surprised Cincinnati uh, opened favorite, uh, especially after, you know, a lot of people probably cashed in Notre Dame last week. Uh, I didn't. I bet against the Irish, but... Uh, I, yeah, it's tough, you know, taking Cincinnati here when you look at Notre Dame's history as a home underdog. Last seven years, they've only been a home underdog five times. How have the Irish done? Well, they've covered all five. They've won every, all five of those games outright. And I think Cincinnati's the team actually playing with a little bit of pressure here. So, actually, lean and bet Notre Dame. How about West Virginia coming off uh, that performance at Oklahoma Last week, they're laying seven to Texas Tech, 55 uh, and a half. Uh, was that more about West Virginia or was that more about Oklahoma last week? Usually it's a little bit of both, and I would say that's the case here. But, uh, you know, I think I'm maybe even a little high on West Virginia. I'm surprised this number isn't like 10. I mean, I laid seven with the Mountaineers in this game. Texas Tech lost their quarterback, uh, Shuck. Uh, he's out. Columbia, he's got plenty of experience. They're back up, you know, dating back last year. But I just think West Virginia should come away from that performance last week with some confidence. And, man, at home, uh, playing with a little bit of revenge here, I think they get it done. Brad, powersports.com. All right, let's get to some of the West uh, region games, Pacific time zone, uh, some really good matchups. Is this a letdown spot for Oregon State taking on Washington? Washington, I think, has improved. It's one and a half on the Beaver side. Well, I mean, a ton of money came in on Oregon State. I mean, earlier this week, a couple guys that I really respect that have market influence, I mean, came in heavy on Oregon State. I mean, my numbers right now would actually say Washington has some slight value. Uh, but, I mean, I, Washington, I, just when I thought they turned the corner against Arkansas State, I mean, they were very fortunate to beat Cal last week. And, you know, Kate Otten, their All-American tight end, he's going to be out for this game. So uh, I'm, I'm going to respect the line move here and uh, – uh, just sit back and relax. I think Oregon as a Oregon State as a one point favorite sounds about good to me. Oregon seven and a half at Stanford seems a little light uh, to me. I mean, the Ducks get back uh, Thibodeau at defensive end for this one. He'll play a lot more snaps than he did uh, a week ago. And then you know Stanford to me, uh, I just I don't see it when David Shaw is kicking field goals down seven on fourth and two at the 31-yard line for UCLA with under 10 minutes left. I mean, I'm not supporting a guy like that. Boise seemed too big at 6'6.5 six, six against Nevada, or as we like to call them, Reno. <laughs> I think, Yeah, I think they're getting a little too much respect considering that, you know, I haven't been overly impressed with Boise State in any game this year, even though they've covered three other four games 
I mean, a lot of it's been fluky. Nevada off uh, Reno, I should say, off uh, a bye. And, you know, Cook's out for the year for them is a blow. I, you know, my favorite bet, I, I bet under 16.5. I lean uh, Reno under 16.5 was what I bet on the open. I still lean that way. Uh, maybe the best game in the Pacific time zone, UCLA 3 against Arizona State. Both teams 3-1, and uh, three and one both with losses outside of the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on how healthy DTR is. The quarterback for UCLA, I mean, he got dinged up at the end of the Stanford game. I mean, he's fought through it, but, I mean, he he didn't look 100%. Uh, if he told me he was 90%, I would lay the three with UCLA. They've just been a little bit more consistent. I know they lost to Fresno State, but that wasn't UCLA playing a terrible game. That was more Fresno State and Jake Hayner just being incredibly hot. So, I mean, Arizona State outside of last week hasn't impressed me that much. So, uh, give me the Bruins. Let's talk Jake Hayner and Fresno State. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing as back-to-back trap games, but it is a weird spot for Fresno. Uh, they should be fired up after not playing great against UNLV. But, you know, it's a challenge. If I'm correct, the Hawaii football game still have no fans. It was already going to be a tiny, tiny uh, venue with like 9,000 fans. What do you think of this one? Fresno on the road, 10 and a half, 11. I'll bet the over. Uh, I don't want to lay the points. Fresno State, I mean, obviously well, was off the hot start, 4-0 against the number, and then, I mean, nearly lost outright to the Rebs as 30-point favorites. Hawaii has been a little uneven, although they come off one of their better performances last week. I just think it's a fun game. Both teams get up and down the field over for me. Brad, you're the man. Uh, you can find Brad up on Twitter, Brad Powers 7 I got that right, right? Yep, you got it. Okay. There's too many, too many uh, Twitter handles to remember. So every once in a while, I'm like, crap, I just blew it. Uh, all right, well, good luck this weekend. I hope you win. Uh, by the way, did you, have, did you have a side? I mean, if we got an in-play here, right now it's scoreless with Miami and Virginia, eight minutes uh, left in the first quarter. What was your play on this one? I bet Miami. Uh, and I knew that I thought De'Ara King would be out. So I, I laid three with the, the Hurricane. Good deal. Well, I hope you get it. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. There he is, Brad Powers. All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way. Uh, we will get to some of the stuff that was said was very interesting yesterday at the uh, basketball media day for UNLV coming out of the gates. And, uh, of course, we've got to get some Raiders in here. A lot of buzz, a lot of buzz with an extra day of uh, hype before the Monday night football game. More Derek Carr MVP talk, and some of the numbers are through the roof. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100.